When they arrived and gathered the church together, like today, they declared all that God had done with them and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. And so this morning, we think it's very fitting that if you guys sent us out, that we need to let you know what happened last week. And so we want to report that. Um, there is no way that we can have about four testimonies, which you'll have. I think four folks will come live, and you'll see several others, little snapshots of testimonies in video form. Guys, there is no way that four testimonies and 14-plus minutes of video can summarize all that happened in five days. So all we're going to be able to do is hit some highlights, but we hope we can give you a glimpse of what the Lord did last week. So first of all, why Kentucky? So I feel like kind of at the outset, something I need to do. Why Kentucky? All right. Out of our group of 30, 26 of us, it was our first time going to this area, but it was not Graceview's first time to this area, right? So we had four veterans uh, from Graceview that were on our trip, and that was the Cape family. That's Ray and Johnny and Rayanna and Jessica, and they had been up there many times, and so often they were our eyes and ears and uh, logistically kind of leading us and telling us, you know, how things are going. Uh, why had they been to this area so many times? Because our church partners with Mission, Mission Development Ministries, which Brother Bruce and Kathy, I didn't know you guys would be sitting here this morning, but uh, they have been leading mission groups to this particular area for years and years and years. And some of you, Brother Gary uh, Madden, Miss Sandra, were you up there last week as well? So the Maddens were up there last week. So there's a group up last week. We go up this week. Like we said, only four of our 30 had been there before. But we end up partnering. There was another church, um, uh, Earl's Grove Baptist Church out of Westminster was there. And they had quite a number that were with them. There was a young lady out of Honey Path, uh, down toward Honey Path, and another lady. She fed us. So if I look a little thicker today, blame it on a lady named Frankie. Okay, she fed us way too much. And she kept putting it out there. And if it's out there, we have to eat it. That's my rule. And so I abode by that rule, right? I, I ate a lot. And, um, but we had a good time and got to meet some really awesome people. One of the awesome people we got to meet uh, was a man, a brother in Christ named Hilton. And we now support his ministry as well there in Appalachia. And just right beside his house, there's a center, uh, Christian Ministries or Integrated Christian Ministry. I may be getting that wrong, but that's his ministry. And there's a center that is there, and you'll see some of that in the video coverage so this isn't brand new, though it was brand new to 26 of us. We've been doing this a while. Again, why Kentucky? Why Kentucky? The specific county that we went to has 17,000 people. That's the whole county. So our city, we're not in the city. Our city here in Anderson has around 26, 27,000 people. I'm not sure. I think Anderson County may have around 150,000 people, I believe. Their county, 17,000 people. It's the third poorest county in the United States. So I'm gonna, I don't have time to delve into it all. You need to go on the trip and see and hear. But particularly two reasons it's the third poorest county is because the coal mining industry that used to be much better and much more thriving and has dwindled down now, it's basically gone. And as that happened, those that could afford, many of them left, and those that couldn't afford stayed. Now, here's the particular dynamic that adds to the poverty. Think of this. 80% of the property of that county is owned by the government. 80%. 
That means it's not generating any tax. No businesses are being operated there. No houses are being built there to generate tax. But it's requiring tax money. You see where that's going? And a lot of the population that live there are retired or there's no jobs. And those that do have jobs, they have to foot the bill on everything. And it's just a lot of poverty. And so that's one of the reasons that that, that area has been targeted. I'm not going to get this dynamic across, but I'm going to try using my little fingers, right? Okay, here we go. So here's our hotel. It's on a four-lane road, right? Everything's normal and great. So we're staying at a hotel, but where much of the ministry and where the food's at, so it's where the food is at and where the VBS is at, Vacation Bible School, and where two out of the three construction projects, that's like 30 minutes away, okay? And you climb up to what's called Rattlesnake Ridge. So hotel, 30 minutes. By the way, the first of the week, it's 30 minutes. By the end of the week, you kind of learn the roads, and it's like 26 minutes, okay? Just, you get faster and faster the more you do it. All right. So the food, VBS, two out of the three construction projects. From there, you say, where's the other construction project? It's another 25 minutes or so down in what's called Dobbs Hollow, okay? Holler. That's how you say it up there. Dobbs Holler. All right. And so that's on over that way. So up here you have like a large deck is being built, a ramp is being built, vacation Bible school is taking place, breakfast, lunch, and dinner is served there. Well, here's the catch. Back down in town mid-afternoon is where our basketball camp, and that was a new, that was a new ministry. That was a new little flare that took place. And so that happens back down just two miles from the hotel. So that's a very unique dyna dynamic. So some leave at 7, go up for breakfast at 7.30 and devotion, and they're there all day long until supper at 6, share time after that, and come back down the mountain, leave around 7.30, get back to the hotel at 8. They're up there all day long. Others go up, they're there for a while, and if they're helping in the basketball camp, they may come back down and do that, and then back up for supper and share time, and then back down and finally get a shower at the end of the day and go to bed dog-tired. And so... I don't know that I did a good job, but that's a little bit of the dynamic. But here's the beauty of it. Because of those three different things, vacation Bible school, construction, and a basketball camp, I'm not going to read it, but Romans 12, like verses 6, 7, and 8, list eight spiritual gifts that if you're a Christian, you have at least one of those spiritual gifts. Every Christian that wanted to use their spiritual gift had an opportunity, whether it be showing mercy or serving or leading or teaching or preaching or just, again, organizing. It's all in there, and there were opportunities for people and even to spread over in areas that were not their gift area. And so I loved the blended nature of these three types of ministries. So in the end, I'm going to use round numbers. About 30 kids went to vacation Bible school. A ramp was built that is needed for the center. A large deck was on the back that is needed for the center. A three-room addition was completed. Uh, we, we got, we, our team was able to be part of completing that uh, in a very needy family. I think you'll see some of the footage from that. About 50 basketball campers attended camp for four days. And by the end of the week, eight young people had asked the Lord to receive, to, to receive salvation from Christ. And so that was awesome. And just before I pray, I want to emphasize, and I'm not just like up here blowing smoke, right? Many of you, you said, well, we didn't go. You had an integral part of what took place. I mean this with all my heart. If you prayed for our group, whether corporately on Wednesday night or privately at any point, I know a lot of you were praying specifically for Thursday, and that's where a lot of this took place. 
this, this culmination. See, all week, people lived in front of these people, and so they were sought so that when it was time to speak and give light, it was effective because the salt, the salty life had been lived. And so if you prayed, I'm telling you, prayer, I wouldn't get up here and talk about it if it wasn't important. God honored your prayers, so you had a huge part in that. Those of you that gave financially, if you gave a dollar, you gave $100, you gave $500, I don't know who gave what. This doesn't happen on a practical level if someone didn't give. So what you're going to see, if you gave toward it, then you're part of the reason for the success. And I mean that. It takes everybody coming together. And so we want to give you some snapshots this morning of what God did last week in McCreary County, Kentucky. I'm going to pray, and after that, Mike and Tracy, you come on up, and they'll share their testimony. Let's pray. Father, thank you for you. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for a Bible. Thank you for freedom in America, for the ability to walk and to have our mind about us. Lord, thank you for, for everything that you did and are continuing to do there in McCreary County. And Lord, uh, I pray that we would in some way, and your Holy Spirit would use our words and some images on a screen to just highlight what you did. And Lord, let it spark a fire in us to do the same things here in Anderson County. And, Lord, to continue to pray for the work there that Brother Hilton and Brother Bruce and Miss Kathy have such a big part in doing. And so, Lord, just let our burden grow deeper. Lord, I pray that you would give us just a boldness to declare what you've done today for those that will give a testimony. And, Lord, use every song today, Lord, every video, uh, Lord, just to give you the glory. We thank you for those eight souls and, Lord, for those many more who heard truth and, Lord, who've deepened their faith or will get saved in the future because of what they saw and heard. And, Lord, those that are enjoying a uh, new pair of shoes and a basketball. And, Lord, just all the things that you did. So, Lord, I pray that you'd get that across to grace for you today. And may we be edified by it. In Jesus' name, amen. Mike, Tracy, come on up. Amen. Appreciate all 30 people who went on this. And uh, we won't have time for all of them to give a testimony today, but we'll have time for a few. Well, I'd like to thank all you, just as Jeff just did, for your prayers and for your giving. We had a, we had a great trip. Um, no injuries. We, <laughs> that was one thing. We didn't have any injuries that I know of. We had some bumps and bruises and, and some soreness from doing different types of work. So we had no injuries. That was a, that was a praise. Thank you for praying. Um, and then, of course, thank you for those souls that God wrote in the Book of Life. Uh, we were in Dobbs Holler, down in a holler. It was about, like Jeff said, about 25-minute drive down to the holler. And uh, we were working. You'll see on the video, you'll see Walt. And Walt's a character. Uh, I love Walt. I fell in love with him while I was there. He's handicapped. He doesn't have a leg. He lost it to diabetes. And... Uh, but hard worker. He was right there with us, doing everything we were doing, telling us what to do, what we were doing <laughs> wrong. And, uh, but he, uh, uh, we'd give him a hard time, and he'd give us a hard time. Uh, driving down there, I called him Leadfoot. His right foot was his 
leg that was missing. Uh, we were driving down there, so he drove down, got down to Dobbs Holler, and this area was uh, probably the poorest area that we were in. Uh, the people that we were doing the work for, uh, if I get his dentist in uh, Cecilia, I believe, and, and uh, James, and then they had two sisters, which I can't recall their names. They lived in a one-bedroom house, one bathroom, and uh, let me say that again, a one-bedroom house. They had three children. Um, so we were in the back building three bedrooms for them, and uh, they got the floor done the week before we got there. The walls were up. We had to take OSB plywood, 716 inch or so, and we had to put that on the, the ceiling and put it on the walls. Well, the first two days, it went pretty well, except for everything was, wasn't square. We had to take the boards, we cut them outside, we had to take them in, measure them, mark them, take them out, cut them, take them back in, measure them, cut them, take them back out. So one board was about four times in and out. So by day two, I was wore out. Uh, I told I told Wald I said I can't I can't because we were we were holding them up over our heads and and uh, we need some help and so they sent two other uh, young men to come and help us and uh, Drew and Trey they came and helped us on day three and uh, we were able to what a what a blessing that was uh, and they came and helped and then also I forgot to mention Alex uh, this is Walter's grandson Alex. Uh, he, he had, I had asked him if he went to church, and he said, I used to go to church, and uh, then I, I just asked him if he was saved, and he said no. He was very honest. So we had a mission field right beside us, and we were able to talk, I was able to talk to him the, for about two or three days and gave him the gospel and told him how to, you know, and he, he basically knew everything. He knows everything, and then he heard it very clear when Jeff gave it at the basketball camp. He wanted to come to the camp, so pray for Alex for his salvation. Uh, so Alex was another helper that we had there, but we were able to finish everything, and uh, we got done in time, which was a praise because we didn't think we were going to. We thought we were going to be there. Probably the next team would have to pick up where we left off, so we were able to finish everything that we wanted to do, and we were safe doing it. Um, I would like to just thank everyone as well for all of the money and the prayers. We felt your prayers every single day um, and it shows because nobody was hurt we were losing using a lot of power tools and um, nobody got hurt Walt got a little bit of nicks and bruises and I was he named me his second mom there was another mom there that took care of him and uh, I would just it was hard to stop him because he wanted to go 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 he didn't want to stop and he needed to stop so he labeled me his second mom and decided that I was giving orders and not him but anyways, um, every day we'd get up and load our supplies onto the truck and driving up, or down rather, into the holler. And um, one of the things that someone said the first night we were there was that we needed to take our focus off of the construction and focus on the people in the home. And that struck me because the first day that's all we were there doing was we were just nailing boards, cutting, and we were physically exhausted. So the next day I went with the mindset that I was gonna focus on the family. And I got to know Cecilia a little bit. She drives the school bus during the school year and I'm told that's one of the prime uh, jobs, if you can imagine, in that area. That's like 
the top job to have. Um, and then I got to know James, and he's a dear little boy. Um, I remember him coming home the, the second night and asking, did you get my room done? Did you get my room done? And we, we were shy, like maybe two boards, and it was heart-wrenching because you knew he just wanted to get in his new room. And as a mom, to me, knowing that they had six kids or six family members and they only had one room to sleep in, it was heart-wrenching. But it was a joy to know that when we walked away, each one of those kids were gonna have their own room and mom and dad were gonna have their own room. Because up until that time, I think I, that the girls slept upstairs or up in the house with the grandparents on the hill above them. And um, uh, they were going to be able to move back into the home. Um, one thing I, I saw when I was walking to and from, as we were carrying stuff in and out, I was like the gopher. I mean, come on, I'm a woman. I, I did help lift the boards the first couple of days, but then they sent the young men and they said, take a rest. So I did. Um, <laughs> But the kids had gathered on the floor and they were drawing. And I just got down in there and I said, so what are you drawing? What do you, you know, you like to do crafts and stuff like that? Working at Hobby Lobby, I'm into crafts too. And they were coloring. And at the time I didn't know what they were doing. Um, but as we left, Walt had these cards in his hand. And each one of the kids had made a card to thank everybody or us and gave them to Walt. And one that struck out to me was James's card. On the front of it, he had, you could clearly see there was a cross, and there was a man on the cross. And this was on Wednesday. And then next to it was another stick man. So I went home back and I told Brandon, I said, he's hearing what y'all were saying, because he went down to the VBS. And um, what was really a joy for us is that last day when we got back, I didn't get to see James, which was, was sad. He had accepted Christ. Deborah Berg had the chance. So that was, that was probably the biggest, what was most rewarding to me was to be able to get involved in these people's lives. Um, there was a verse that through the week I've been studying First Peter that struck out to me as I was reading in the evenings. It's First Peter 4.10. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God in various forms. And as we gathered back in the, in, in the evening, I didn't, I think my number might be off a little bit, but there was anywhere from five to six churches represented. So there was a lot of hands and feet that came together, like Jeff said, and did various things throughout the whole week. And it just amazed me what God can do when people are willing to say, yes, I'll go. I hope that y'all have the opportunity to do this again. We think we'll be doing it next year. And if you can go, I say go, because you come back more blessed than you go. You realize what you have and what they don't have. So thank you for letting us and sending us. You know, God doesn't need me. He doesn't need us, but I'm so glad I'm chosen. Amen. So glad he chose eight more this week. Um been on a lot of missions trips over the years. Um, me and Brittany were talking. I think we went on our first one when we were 14 or 15. Melissa's here today. She was with us. So privileged. Um, I had the opportunity, even as a young kid, Riley said, oh, I'm, I'm 10. Like, why haven't I been on one yet? I said, dude, you're 10 and you're on your first one. That's awesome. 
Um, it was awesome to see ages, just a whole range of ages, 10, 10 11, 12, all the way up to the grandparents. Um, to be involved with that age range is usually unheard of. It's usually youth group going, um, you know, older adults, something like that. Um, there are saints among you that you probably aren't even aware of. Um, the capes, their passion um, for this ministry, like Jeff said, why Kentucky? It's reckless love. It's his reckless love. It's not us. I wouldn't have ever probably chosen, why Kentucky? You know, like, why? Like, Rattlesnake Ridge, wouldn't have ever even thought about that place. You know, most of us wouldn't have, but he knows. Um, didn't know Marie could build a deck. We're all in line for Marie's deck building abilities, um, so get in line uh, for that. Um, didn't know she could, I'm impressed with people that can use power tools. Um, that's just a little joke, but um, many, um, I think me and Brandon have talked about this, I know, as a ministry team. Um, at this point in our lives, being in several ministries, it's a thrill to see people be able to use their gifts. Their physical gifts, their talents, um, things that you're born with, but your spiritual gifts. Um, it's a thrill to sit back and kind of watch that happen. Me and Jeff are like, we like to observe people. We're people watchers. And that's what I enjoyed this week. Seeing Johnny use her object lessons. I'm not an object lesson person, can't do those. She's great at it. She gets in their minds and uses an object lesson. Um, seeing Christy, we'll hear about her later, but her unbelievable basketball skills that I only dream of in my mind, only dream of. But using those physical talents plus her spiritual gifts to impact lives for his kingdom. Seeing these college students Jonathan, I've told him before, he's a natural teacher. He gets it honestly from both, but he is a natural teacher, and you saw it on the court. Um, a lot of the college students saw some that want to stay in their shells come right out. Because when you're thrown into a situation like that, you've never been somewhere, things are revealed, and good things were revealed this week, really good things, people's hearts. Um, the Barrows had the opportunity to, they were my, I drove and they were my, my riding buddies and just to learn about people. I think we hear a lot as a ministry team, I don't feel connected. Start serving somewhere and you will learn people really quick. And in a good way and some, some hard ways, but find, find a place where you can serve. That's how you connect to people. And um, it was a privilege to people, uh, Abby and Keith Wilson, uh, Keith Wilson and Abby Bell have known them our whole lives, but just to reconnect on a different level and to, to catch up. Um, so it was, it was a blessing and an honor, um, and we were super excited to um, look to the future and see if we can um, be a part of this ministry again. Thanks. All right, I was, uh, had the privilege of being part of the basketball camp, and it really was, the, as far as I know, uh, first time they've done this sort of thing as part of a VBS. And so uh, let me just give you a little bit of a backdrop um, leading up to this. Uh, I don't know, it was a handful of months ago, Brandon, when we kind of like, hey, what about doing a basketball camp? 
Um, I've been involved in sports ever since I can remember, um, player, coach, running camps, and that's just been a huge part of my life. So we're like, hey, what about doing a basketball camp? So when we went up in whatever month that was, October, and kind of did a sightseeing trip with Brandon and Ray, uh, we're like, yeah, how about a basketball camp? And so we saw this slab, concrete slab. You saw it in the video, concrete slab and one portable goal. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah, they'll come from all over the place and come play basketball. Uh, that's not going to work. But you know what? We're going to do what we got to do. And so that was kind of the plan for a little while. Then it was thrown out there. What about um, see if we can get a gym? Well, I don't have a lot of time left. So we got a gym called the Lord's Gym, and it really was a huge blessing. Um, and so, in fact, if, if, how many of you have ever been to the Hoosiers Gym? You've probably seen it on the movie, right? I've actually been in the gym. My son played one of his varsity uh, high school games at the Hoosier Gym. It was really cool. Well, it kind of had that sort of vibe, feel to it, um, maybe a little bit more rundown. Uh, but it was kind of a cool little, cool little place. And so it had four working goals. And uh, you'll see some of the stuff that I say. You'll see it in the video. Uh, so we go there, and, uh, you know, you have this picture of what it's going to be like. And so Christy and I had kind of done, where are you, Christy? Oh, we, we kind of done a plan. We're like, okay, this is where we, we knew we had four working goals. We knew it was going to be an old high school gym. So we were thinking it was going to be this size. This is how we'll set it up. Then we walk in the gym and go, okay, now we will adjust and we'll change. And this is how we'll do it. And that's kind of how it was. Uh, we had a batting cage set up with all the net and everything in the gym. We're like, uh, okay, didn't plan on that one. So anyways, we were down or in town uh, off of the ridge, uh, as uh, Jeff already mentioned. And so we had camp from two to five. So with 48 uh, campers for three hours in an afternoon, middle school and high school, that's, that's, that's fun. Um, but we were tired at the end. So we'd get there about one o'clock. Um, we, would, we would meet as a team in the morning, kind of plan, make sure we were able to make adjustments from the day before. And then we would get there about one. Kids were showing up, one, one, 15, 1.30. Camp doesn't start till two. They got nothing else to do. So they're there from two to five, and then they're dismissed. So basically, if you know anything about get a sports camp, it ran the same. We started each time at two o'clock. You know, we checked all the kids in. Uh, we'd start at two o'clock. Uh, we would give them a kind of a character quality that we wanted to, let's implement this today. So we talked about being coachable and unselfish and those sort of things. And then we'd go through just like a camp that you might think would be where different drills, we broke into different stations. Um, so Christy, myself, Brittany, my oldest son, Bryant, and then Jonathan, we ran the five different stations. We had a bunch of helpers as well. And so we just kind of ran like a normal camp. And then about 3.30, 3.45, we stopped, met as a group, um, shared a, a, a challenge uh, from God's word. And we were really trying to lead them and prepare their hearts towards Thursday when I knew Jeff was coming to give a clear presentation of the exchange of the gospel. And so that was kind of, then we had finished with some challenges, uh, three on three and different things that they could do at the end of the day. Uh, I'll explain a little bit more about this here in a second, but then at 4.30, 4.40, um, food was brought to them and uh, they were able to eat before they went home. I'll explain that here in a little bit. Okay, that was kind of like a little layover of what the camp was. Uh, so let me give you some highlights. Now, I have 10 minutes um, as I was doing this in my mind several over and over times, it never was 10 minutes. So if I go too long, we'll just cut Brandon out. It's all good anyways. All right. So we had 48 uh, kids participate in this basketball camp. Now, we originally were like, man, it'd be great if we can, you know, 15, 20, 25. I didn't really know what kind of we'd be pulling from. Then we started thinking, man, we could have 40 to 50. Then we were throwing out crazy numbers like, man, we're going to have 80 to 100 kids. Thank goodness we did not have 80 to 100 kids in this gym. 
Uh, so God knew what we needed. Well, so we had a registration, and it was filling up. We had up to 65 campers that were registered. They didn't all come, and I think God knew what we could have handled inside that facility. And so that, as much as that sounded great, we had the 48 that God wanted us to have there this week. Uh, what that says is there's, there's growth. So this will continue. I'll mention that here in a little bit too. Anyways, so I was like 48. That's a lot of kids, especially when we got in this gym. We didn't have as much space as we thought we had. So 48 kids in any gym is a lot, and it was a lot in this gym. And it, it worked great. What I didn't realize was, so Hilton, you've heard that guy. He, um, he's kind of the head of the mission development um, and up on the ridge. But there's another guy, and he would come down each day to the basketball camp, and he was with us. But there's a guy named John who had been working in the community quite a bit. I don't know how many number of years, but it seems like he'd been working with youth for a good number of years. He had volunteered and so forth at that Lord's Gym. He made a comment to me that I don't even know if I know the extent of what it means. He goes, I don't remember the last time we've had 48 kids to any event or activity that you have this many in one, in one thing. So as much as I didn't think it was like that big of a deal, I think it was a pretty big deal. So again, I'm just going to go through some highlights. I thought that was kind of a neat thing. Um, also, another thing is when every kid comes back the next day, you always wonder like, I uh, hope they don't hate it. Uh, <laughs> But then everybody, there was only one uh, kid that didn't come back after the first day. Everyone else came. We actually had nine new ones on Tuesday that must have heard about free shoes, which I'll explain that in a little bit as well. Uh, but otherwise, we had um, retention all. I told them they had to come to at least three days of the camp uh, of the four to get shoes. So you're not just going to come the last day and get a pair of shoes and so forth. So most, probably 90, 95% came all four days anyways, um, and that was great. Uh, in fact, two, two kids came up to me afterwards, um, and they said, hey, we're ready to sign up for next year's camp. Said, oh, okay. All right. I'm just trying to get home to my family. So, uh, so that was, that was, that was kind of neat uh, as well. Uh, another thing that I really noticed, uh, I mentioned this in one of the share times that we had, but it was, it was neat to see the progress, and even Thursday really was really the best. But on Monday, um, you're all here, and these, all these kids are walking. They've never seen you. Um, you're kind of all kind of checking each other out, like, okay, what's this going to be like? What's this going to go? And they were, some of them, probably a good number, were a little bit standoffish, kind of like waiting to see what's this going to be like? Who are these people? Who's this guy talking to me? Don't know anything about him, that sort of thing. Um, there was one girl, we actually ended up giving her camper of the week. Uh, you'll, I think you'll see a picture of her in the video. Uh, her name was Paige. Well, remember, she, she's a seventh grader, uh, pretty good height to her. You could tell she had some athletic ability, hasn't been coached or developed any of that athletic ability, but she just had kind of a sweet personality about her, but she was really quiet and reserved. Well, I'm trying to, this is the first day, like, I mean, five minutes in the gym. I'm trying to joke around with her and make comments, and she looked at me like, uh, I think this kid's a creepy old man. That's, that's, kind of the, that's kind of the vibe I got. I'm like, okay. So I literally was talking, and she just kind of stood like, I just was like, okay, and I just walked away. Uh, I was like, okay, I got to work on that one a little bit. Um, then fast forward three days on Thursday, and she, when she left, she came up and gave me a hug and said, can you get a picture? My mom wants to take a picture of, of you and I. Okay. That's cool. And so that, I think we felt a lot of that. I mean, it was, we were just interacting with the kids. Brittany was like mom to about 20 of these kids by the end. Uh, it was just cool how to interact with them, and those walls breaking down from Monday working through uh, till Thursday was kind of, kind of a neat thing. Um, 50 kids uh, got shoes. Uh, so let me just say, first of all, thank you to those who gave. That's, that's a lot of money. Um, we tried to get all signature shoes. Uh, I go shopping for shoes all the time if you know anything about what we're kind of in that business. And so um, 
we bought all Nike shoes, all right? So we were getting LeBrons, Kobe's, Kyrie's, so signature shoes and giving them to these kids and I get them at a greatly reduced price and that sort of thing. But many of you gave money to make that possible. Uh, let me give you an example of one um, that I think a shoe made a difference. Uh, so Monday we come and go, Tuesday morning we have nine new students or nine new campers come. Well, three of them, this is their story. Uh, we're getting ready to start, so I'm kind of thinking through my notes, what's my, what's my little character quality that I'm sharing for the day? And so I'm getting ready. All of a sudden, this older grandma lady uh, comes up, and she had been told that, because she, she was coming for me. And so some of us have said, yeah, go talk to that guy. So she comes, and I could tell she's coming for me. I'm like, yes, uh, yeah, can I help you? We're here for the free shoes. Okay, hello, my name's Mike. What are you? I don't know who you are. They weren't here the day before. Well, that was, that was their introduction. I said, okay, are you here for the basketball camp? And so, yeah, well, anyway, she had uh, two grandchildren, and then they had a cousin that, was, that wanted to be part of the camp. But it was all about the shoes. That was, that was her opening line. Hey, where are my free shoes? Okay, well, you got to do this and that sort of thing. Anyways, uh, so they came that second day and the two days after that. All that to say, one of them walked in, the boy, Logan, walked in with a very old, nasty pair of tennis shoes. He was actually the only one that had tennis shoes on. One girl came in with cowboy boots. Welcome to basketball camp. Uh, this is not horse riding camp. Uh, this is basketball camp, so she ended up going barefoot for the first day. Uh, anyways, Logan, whether they came there for just shoes, I have no idea. That was certainly the grandma's impression she gave me. But Logan put his faith and trust in Jesus Christ on Thursday. And so, and he was the one, he was one of them, the ones that wanted to register for next, next uh, camp already. I say that to say this, God can use a pair of shoes to keep someone there to come to camp and you had a partic you, you participated, many of you who gave participated in that. And uh, so that's why I share that, share that part. Another highlight to me um, I didn't even realize it was a highlight until at the end, and then as I was reflecting back, but uh, Christy gave uh, uh, her testimony just about, um, she, she talked about how growing up, always being in sports, um, coaching, then she was in sports, and how that was really her identity was wrapped up in basketball and, and in sports, and that's how she found her identity until a year ago when she put her faith and trust in Jesus Christ, and her identity now is a child of the king. Okay, she did an awesome, yeah. So as powerful that was, she did an excellent job of communicating that. You know how sometimes, even like sometimes after we get done singing a song, we get like this occasional, we're not sure if we're, okay. To get a bunch of middle schoolers and high schoolers, when she finished, she had connected with them. And it was, it was immediate response. Everybody just, it was, it was cool. And I actually reflected back, I was like, that really was, that was quite something for them to respond in that way. So Christy's the real deal. I, I really enjoyed Spending some time with Christy this week, um, getting to know her heart and love for God, and uh, but that was that was a highlight as I was thinking back this week. That was that was pretty cool. If you don't know Christy, you need to get to know her. Another person you can is Keith here. Oh, Keith is the dude, man. I I, I didn't really know Keith. I'd met him. I shook his hand once and said hi to him once. My kids think Keith's the coolest guy in church now. So if you don't know Keith, get to know Keith. All right, he's probably working now, right? Uh, okay, I'm, I guess the end of my notes. Another highlight, um, we made some amazing connections in the community. Again, this is the first time we'd been able to do the basketball camp. 
so I don't think this, this has really ever been done in the community, at least they didn't act like it. But we made some great connections, and I think this is going to be something for in the future that this can really grow. So at 4.30 or 4.40, the public school uh, system brought food and fed all of the campers. Hilton was saying well, they've never had, I don't think they've had any event that they've ever partnered with the public school before. And so that was a big deal. And the one that was the head of that was one of the vice principals of the middle school, I believe. And she wants us to continue this and come back. She was very appreciative and thankful. I'm like, well, we're, we're thankful for you partnering with us, kind of added to our camp and what we offer to the kids. And then she said, we have a new uh, superintendent that's a Christian, and I think we could get uh, another gym for you, or maybe we could get the big, uh, the main high school facilities. I'm like, yeah, we're in for that. <laughs> um, and so it was great what we had this year, but I think this is just the beginning of what could be. Maybe we have two gyms, and we have 40, 50 kids at each one. I, I have no idea. God can do whatever he wants. But it was a great connection, um, and, and Hilton was super excited. He gave me like a hug three times. I think it was just this possibility of some outside growth of, of what they haven't had before. So that was just exciting to be part of. Um, and then last, but not certainly not the least, actually the most important, and Jeff already mentioned this, but we put, had eight at basketball camp that put their faith and trust in Christ, and I don't think that counts the one at VBS, if I'm right. So I think we had nine, unless I got my numbers wrong. Um, the boy that uh, the barrels were talking about. And so I think we had nine that now can sing with us. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. We have nine more that could not sing that a week ago. And that's exciting. So I'm going to be done. I've taken more than my time. So I'm going I'm to leave you with this challenge. So that's great and all. We don't always know the impact we're having. Even as I was going throughout the week, and especially when it got to 5 o'clock, it was, it was hot in that gym. I was tired. But as I reflected on this, it was kind of we went through the week, and sometimes you didn't even know the impact that we, you were having. Um, and maybe individually, we that were part of this group didn't always know, well, I just have a very small role. Some of you may have been, I, I couldn't go, and all I could do was pray, or all I could do was give 50 bucks for a pair of shoes for someone. You this week that went on the trip, that prayed, that gave, were part of kingdom building. So I was thinking of my, my son, Bryce. Uh, he was, um, he, he is very particular about things, and he was the score clock guy. You know, it, that was very important to make things run efficiently and effectively and smoothly, and he nailed it. Okay, okay that, that might seem, that might seem, yeah, there you go, Bryce. We just round of applause. That might seem like a little insignificant thing, but that is just as much part of kingdom building and usefulness and being available and useful for God to use you. So I'm going to leave you with this thought. Actually, I'm going to read a verse here. I don't have the time to lay the backdrop of this, but in 1 Corinthians 3, talking about Apollos and Paul and who gets more glory and who gets more credit, and we pick up in verse 5, what then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants, just servants, through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. I planted Paul, I planted, Paulus watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. So whether you prayed, gave, ran the score clock, shared the message, shared the gospel, lived a life that pointed others to Christ, you were part of kingdom building this past week. So here's my challenge to you. 
What are you doing to build God's kingdom? Sometimes we come, we sit on here Sunday morning, we sit on our hands, we, we maybe even raise our hands and sing worship, and then we go out and we don't do any kingdom building. Shame on us. I'm challenging myself. You don't have to change the world, but you can, you can invest in one person's life. We can all do that. So I'm done. That was awesome. That was so awesome. Am I, am I on? Am I good? Good. By the way, I'm not going to look at that screen today, so I promise you I won't look at y'all like I always do. I promise I'm gonna look at, not going to look at the screens today. Um, I'm not going to be able to say everything that I wanted to say, and don't worry. We're going to fly when we get rolling here in just a minute. But this is an important part. We're going to open up God's Word today. But before I get to that, there's a couple of people I want to thank. And, of course, if you're in children's church, you are eligible to leave now. And um, we kept them in here because we wanted them exposed to all this. They need to see that as a 10-year-old, as a even, I mean, Fisher, Bell was up there helping with worship this week. You know, in that, I mean, that is cool, man. I mean, I, that, some of what was said about being able to sit and just kind of watch people. Man, they're ready to plug and play and do their part. And I, there's just something like overwhelming about it. It really is. It's overwhelming. Um, several people that I do want to thank. Um, I'm really thankful that all of these teenagers and college kids, to, to hear that they, what they saw, that these are people that don't have what me and you have. More than likely this morning, you went to your closet and you picked out a pair of shoes, right? Because you have several to choose from, Maybe. You went and picked out a pair of pants. You went and took a shower. You got clean. And to hear them, and they weren't prepped. In fact, they weren't necessarily initially thrilled it was going to happen. I said, all right, we're going to put you on a wall, stick it to you, and tell us what God's done. Okay? But they did great. They were phenomenal. And their message was phenomenal. Let me talk about a couple of people. First of all, Mike and Helena McGuire. They went ahead of us on Friday he volunteered. He come to me and he said, you know, I could help. I could take the, the uh, trailer up in advance that, if that'll help. Now, that wasn't a short-term deal. That was around 13 hours of driving over two days. And to hear them talk about it, it's like they loved every minute of it. That was awesome. That was so awesome. A person you didn't get to see a lot in the video because she was taking a lot of the video. In fact, roughly about 300 clips was dwindled down to about 13 minutes. But all day, she had a part in making sure we got this little piece and this little piece. And even doing the announcements, which I know may have been difficult to hear, she was in a construction zone while she was doing the announcements. And that's Emma Dufresne. She was phenomenal all week and ready. Oh, what, what do you need? I'll do it, no problem. I got it. Just up and excited. Didn't really know her a lot. Man, she's awesome. You know, that's one of the ones you do need to get to know. She is awesome. Super high energy. A lot of fun. We laughed a ton. But she, she did something incredible by allowing us to, Lord willing, for you to see some of these things. And you know what happens? God begins to work on your heart. Because this trip began long before last week. In fact, it was after VBS, and they had been to Kentucky. And I'm coming on a Wednesday night, going to get to my uh, time with our kids. And Miss Johnny comes out, and she says, hey, we need to take this VBS to Kentucky. Yeah, man, okay, okay, I mean, I'll admit it just kind of went on, and 
I said, I had been praying. I, I am one that likes to think way out, and the Lord does what the Lord does, but I was thinking maybe by 2020 we could take a, a church-wide really mission trip. They could, people could see the need and experience it. And Lord, if you would just allow that. Well, he did allow it. He allowed it a year earlier, and that's because of, that's because of what his plan is. But that's how it all started. Then a few things happened. We didn't even have a basketball opportunity then. And then you saw, man, did God use that. Not only did he use it, the lady that he was mentioning that was talking about the extra gyms, she's talking about giving us three gyms next year, which means we could have a day camp for our elementary kids. That would be really cool, a big opportunity. And to be able to disciple these children who many have heard the gospel, but they need to take another step. So that was awesome. Um, another person we need to thank. On the way back, I'm driving in the van, and I call Miss Joyce. <laughs> and I'm not going to tell you I was looking forward to this phone call because I knew everything that she had planned and put together. And if you know Miss Joyce, she puts a lot of effort and time into one of these lights, into these visuals. It's a big deal to her. Why? Because it's her ministry. And she would not even really want me to be talking about her right now, but it is important. So I called. I said, okay, Miss Joyce, we've got to change the plans. <laughs> Um, we're not going to do one video. I'm going to give you four. <laughs> and uh, Four, okay. And uh, we're going to disperse testimonies, and it's going to be totally different. And I know you put a lot of thought and effort, but we need to unwind that and change it. And oh, and worship team, I know you all have a set and line and everything together and organized. We're going to have to change that. But you know their spirit and heart was amazing. No problem. Okay, we'll get it. We'll get it. And boy, we were texting a lot Saturday, and of course I changed something and resent something, and she made it happen. But that just shows you this full body of Christ. If you bought a barbecue plate, if you sold a barbecue ticket, if you smoked the meat, if you helped with the sides, if you cleaned, I knew people were praying for us. Because we walked into some things, man, it was not exactly like we were anticipating. I think of construction like that. Man, they had a plan. Baby, we're going to get it, knock it out. They walk in there, and it was really nothing. They could have been frustrated and angry and even kind of upset that their agenda wasn't going to be met. They were having an awesome time. I'm not a hammer nail drill dude, but boy, they were having a good time. They made you want to go play out there, honestly. They were doing such a great thing, and they had such a positive attitude about it. That's the Lord. We had this layout plan for VBS that's going to go this way, and we're going to have this step. We walk in there and like, all right, we're going to change this. We're not going to have four groups. We're going to have two today. Or we're going to have three the next day. And oh, by the way, I know you were going to teach, but I need you to go do this over here. And across the board, anytime there needed to be a change, okay, no problem. We got you. Flexibility. That is so huge on a trip like this. And people were just flexible. And I'll say, one of my greatest privileges was getting to know the family. Man, there's some awesome people here. And let me also say, there was some awesome people praying for us. Thank you so much. I cannot tell you thank you enough for what y'all did this week because we knew what we were facing was different. Not the same, right? Real different. I'm prepared today. Um, <laughs> it was different. Yet, an encouraging testimony, a word, and I want to give you one of those, test, uh, two of those testimonies, actually. Over like the Friday, I think it was Friday on the way back, we had a couple of people. The awesome thing about technology is that they can find you quickly. In fact, several of them messaged me later that they were going to watch this service. So this service will be seen in Kentucky later, and if they're at a church or whatnot. But uh, I want to read you this one. Good evening. This was sent to us. My name is Karen Hatfield. 
I am from McCary County, Kentucky. I just want to take a moment to thank you for the recent blessings my family received from your church. My grandson, Caden Corder, attended the basketball camp that was held this week at the Lord's Gym. Yesterday evening, after the camp, he was so excited and pleased to receive a pair of shoes. My two youngest were able to attend the block party and had a blast at the bounce house. The thing that blessed me the most was this. I had just got off of work. I was ex after an extremely long day. I was exhausted. My little guys love pizza, so we decided to get a slice. We asked for only one slice from a server who actually put two slices on each plate. I thanked her and I told her I just got off work and really appreciated all that was going on, all the serving, and I would not have to go home now and cook. She, act she then actually gave me an entire pizza to take home. You blessed our family in many ways this week, and we sincerely thank you. A person handing a slice of pizza made a difference for Jesus. That was awesome. And then I got another one, one more. This is for the basketball camp. Thank you all for the basketball camp. My kids, my kids really enjoyed it. We have been going to church for about five years now. My kids are very curious about the Lord and His works. There's a lot of stuff they question me about that I really don't have the answers. But Preacher Jeff, but Preacher Jeff today did a great sermon, and the kids had great words to say about him and the way he explained things, and they were learning. That's awesome. That was awesome. So across the board... It was just an incredible few days. Um, the parts you didn't see about Christy's testimony that was mentioned about she is like unreally, unreal talented. We're talking about like Hall of Fame level basketball player. Okay. I mean, seriously legit. You know what she's also really legit about? Her Bible study. I'm coming out the door and you get to see a little bit of it, but there's that main area where we kind of did all the VBS stuff and you walk back and she was in a chair there's literally chaos going all around her. I mean, just stuff going on, right? And she has her headphones in, having her Bible time, because nothing was going to get in the way of her Bible time. And it didn't matter what was going on, she was going to have her time with the Lord. I love how she says in the video, and I'm going to post more of it. Yep, I'm going to post more of it. But how her identity is not in basketball or being a Hall of Famer or being a coach. It's in Jesus Christ. And that's what we were able to see children do this week, take another step. Teenagers take a step, and now their identity is not maybe in what they don't have, but in who they do have. Just incredible. Let's get to the Word of God, and we'll get moving this morning. Turn in your Bibles, if you will, to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1, you'll see the title there, In Christ, we're we are powered up. This will probably be one of the last times we mention Power Up, as believe it or not, we've already selected next year's and kind of working toward the plan for next year's VBS. <laughs> One's done, now go to the next one, right? Second Peter chapter 1. Now, in the first Peter, in the first Peter, we're dealing with issues from without the church, okay? Persecution. And if you went to a ladies' Bible study, you have got a much detailed view of that book. In Second Peter, we're dealing with issues inside the church. But what's awesome about this, even this little part, we really don't talk much about that. We talk, what's talked about here in the next few verses are, is what identifies a real believer. Because just like the children up there, Anderson is full of churches and full of people who've heard the gospel. Yep, I know it. I know it. You can't, can't impress me. I know it. But there's a big difference in knowing it and believing 
And we saw that over the last couple of days. So 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle and apostle of, Christ, of Jesus Christ. To, to those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of God and Savior Jesus Christ. May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Now here's our verse. Okay, this is where we're going to spend our time on this one verse. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us precious and very great promises, so that through them you may be part become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. Go back to verse 3 real quick. That's where we're going to kind of pick our time out, stay, stay our time out today. His divine power. If you are a VBS worker, by the way, you may know this because it's first part, okay? In fact, I'm sure I could bring some of you up here and y'all could do the, the motions, but it's just a little first part. We're going to talk about the whole verse, okay? So his divine power, verse 3, has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. I want to pray just a moment. Father, Lord, we are thankful for what's been done. Now, Lord, help us to focus on your word because we need it this week. There's something ahead of us that you've got planned for us, that you've called us to do. And Lord, we need your word. God, I pray you would bless. Thank you for what you've already accomplished. In Jesus' name, amen. The demands of living. Man, just getting to church this morning can be difficult, right? Uh, got it, you know, Junior's ready, little princess is ready to go, and then boom, a mess happens. And right as you're wanting to walk out the car, the dog decides to go to the bathroom inside your house, and you're like, oh no, we got to fix it. There's just so many things that distract us, that keep us from accomplishing what God wants us to accomplish. It is solely because of who God is that believers have an opportunity to have a relationship with him. Pastor's been going through and talking about the world groaning. He talked about that in Romans some, and even just recently. And yes, we can see that all around us. You know what? We shouldn't join them. Man, stuff, stuff's not going to go like we planned. There's going to be differences and changes. And it would be easy to say, well, this is not how we've done it. Or I can do it better this way. The world is looking for a difference. And let me just give you the, the bare bones of what we're going to talk about today. You already have it if you have Jesus. These children, think about it. They had shoes. One boy come to me, and Miss Debbie said something to me. She goes, that boy needs shoes. And I'll admit my mind was somewhere else, and I'm not going to stop, think, look. His feet were coming through the shoes. He didn't even know what size shoe he wore, okay? So we, get him, we go get him some shoes, and he puts on the shoes and goes on. We, we have so much more. But what was interesting, all those teenagers said how happy these children were. And you know what? They'll go back to homes maybe where mom and dad don't know the Lord, right? They're going to go back to a situation that isn't whatever ideal is. It's not ideal. But at the moment Thursday they accepted Christ, at that very moment, God gave them everything they'll ever need. Everything they'll ever need. And so sometimes 
things aren't going to go like we plan. Sometimes we're going to feel like we have nothing left to give. There are going to be times when we're discouraged and down and things aren't, aren't good necessarily. God's given you everything you need. That moment when you accepted Christ, he gave you everything. Now, that doesn't mean that everything's going to be perfect, but you have everything you need. Trials on, here on earth are a given. And in a group this size, I'm sure there are many things that only between you and God you would even discuss. You wouldn't talk about it openly. But I want to encourage you this morning, just like children, teenagers, just like our volunteers and servants that went up, God's given you enough to overcome your situation. Peter asserts that Christians are fully equipped to live a life that is pleasing to God, to overcome any obstacle they face, and to persevere under trial. Number one this morning, at the moment of salvation, God gives you everything we need to live a life that pleases him. That'd be very, if you've come to VBS or worked in VBS, you knew that part, man. You almost could tell me what number one was. God's given you everything that you need. Uh-oh, there we go. Go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 for me real quick. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 12. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 12. It's going to be on the screen even. We exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom glory. There's three big deals. There. Exhorted, encouraged, charged you. He's speaking to Christians here saying, you've got everything. Just do it. Obey. Walk in a manner worthy of who God is. We'll quickly move to number two. It is through a personal knowledge of Christ that we realize the power to live a godly life. It is through a personal knowledge of Christ. Now keep in mind, we're not talking about unbelievers here. We're talking to Christians that we realize the power to live a godly life. This knowledge is personal. It is more than just a Sunday sermon. It is sincere alone time with God, a fixated time in your schedule. Hey, there was nothing that was going to keep Christy from reading her Bible. Listen, chaos can go around her. She was busy. She had a lot of responsibilities. Nothing was going to stop her from reading her Bible. This is the power supply that is revealed to us over time spent with him. So some of you know I'm really big on technology. I love technology, okay? I think it's awesome. I mean, just think that person from Kentucky sent a word of testimony via Facebook that we were able to share with you today. I just, I'm all about it. So this iPhone is old, or um, it's a couple of years old. And when you go to the battery health, okay, like the first time I went with the battery health, it was like 98%. I'm like, all right, so that means that I'm 100%, I'm really 98%. Not bad. I go back again, it's like 95%. You have to know me, at about 80%, I get really nervous that I'm going to run out of battery. <laughs> so 95%. And then even on the way up, it said 87% to Kentucky. And by the time we got back, I only have 85% of my battery. What am I going to do? So early on, I realized, you know what? I need multiples of these. This is an additional charge, right? I can plug this into my phone and get additional power because this doesn't hold the power anymore. It's run slap out of power. So I've got to have this, right? You know what? Christians don't need extra charge. You don't need it. You have everything. And 
I know there are moments you say, wait a minute, this is a big day, man. We got to see what God did. God's going to do something tomorrow, though. And the next day, God's going to invade your life. And you don't need anything extra other than the Word of God. You have what you need. Have you had those periods of time where it feels like your prayers aren't being heard? pastor said this before. He said it a while back, and man, I just can't get over it. Remember, your feelings lied to you, but it's still the case. You feel like, man, I'm doing all the things that I'm supposed to do, and I can't hear from, I don't feel like I'm hearing from God, and there's just almost this frustration that begins to set in. So this year, every month, I'm, I'm reading through in my study time, and I'm doing several things, but one of the things I'm doing is these minor prophets. Now, when you read the book of Philippians, man, you're excited, okay? Because, I mean, it's just awesome, right? Love of God. You read some John, okay, especially uh, maybe some First John. Boy, you hear about the love of God, and you're just thrilled. There's not a lot of that in the Minor Prophets. And so I'd read some of this, and I'd be like, man, this is great, you know? More judgment, right? Again, more judgment. Repent, judgment, 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 you know? A dude gets trapped in a fish, I mean, listen, I mean, really, man? And I'll admit, I do. I, I try to find the, there, I believe Christians ought to be the most positive people on the earth, and there are days I'm not, but I want to be positive. We have an unbelievable message to share and give. So as I've read through this, now my attitude is becoming, you know what? I'm glad I'm not going to deal with them. Lord, I'm thankful that Jesus already came, and he handled a lot of those issues. In fact, he handled every issue, and I've accepted him, and my life's different. I don't have judgment to look forward to. Thank you, Lord. I don't have to look forward to death and destruction that is consistently called about. And thank the Lord there was a day in the age of five when a pastor who's 80 years old and still preaching, by the way, held my hand and walked me through the gospel, and I accepted Christ. Grew up in a home where the Bible was important. Went to a school where the Bible was important. I don't have to live like those people who absolutely des- I mean, it was deserved what they got. It was truth. But I don't have to be there. And neither do any of us. We don't have to be there. Thank God Jesus took our judgment for us. Man. Now, a couple of things this, this applies to. It is through a personal knowledge of Christ that we realize the power of God, I mean, the power to live a godly life. Number one, for victory over sin. Whatever that sin is in your life right now that you just can't seem to overcome, everything you were given at the moment of salvation is enough to overcome it. For using spiritual gifts to serve others. Now, I'm not going to talk about we need more people to serve. I know you hear me say that a lot or hear somebody that I'm asking them to say it, okay? Because the truth is, we've got a massive percentage of our church that serves. I'm talking massive percentage. So to see what we saw last week, in some places it may have been uncommon. I'll admit, it, I mean, a common, I'll admit, it, I kind of felt like that's what would happen. The people that were going wanted to be there. They had taken their time off of work, were excited about the opportunity. Many of them drove, which really helped us get up there. I mean, the whole, across the board, they were using their gifts. Now, we just had our second of two new members classes. There's an awesome lady in there. It's my relatives joining her. You need to meet her, too. Um, she's in that class, too. But so in, in that members, new members class, we bring out this next level brochure, and we talk about now two areas of service. One thing you're called to, right? One thing that, man, your gifts just match, and you're just ready to roll. It's like your energize of the day, right? And then a gift, of, a love gift, a gift of service that, you know what? This may not be my favorite thing, but I'll do it 
because the ministry needs it and it's an opportunity. Let me tell you this. That's what we had last week. There are different, I mean, Keith Wilson could have done many things last week. He is gifted. He is talented. You know what his role was? Not to be a cop, but to be a cop. You know what I'm saying? He was making sure the people, you know, kind of did what they were supposed to do. We didn't know what we were walking into. And all week, he's like, well, I said, you having a good time? Oh, man, this is great. This is great. But if you looked at him and just walked by, you're like, what is he really doing over there? He's doing exactly what we've asked him to do and what he's been called to do. And he played a major part last week for service. I was, like I said again, there's so many in our church that serve. Man, it's amazing. It's incredible. And it's also incredible to see people using gifts that they didn't know they had. That God just pulls it out of them. Maybe they're not exactly what they typically do. It's also cool, though, when you see someone that's gifted in an area that you can see God in them at that moment. And man, there was a lot of that. There was a lot of that. Number three, for understanding Scripture. Back to this time with God every day. At the time Peter was writing this, think about this. At the time this was being written and in the time period, there was no Bible. Now, wait a minute. You mean they had everything they needed, and they didn't have the Word of God, whether it be on their phone, iPad, or in actual book form. They had nothing. They had very minimal amount of Scripture. But God said they had everything they needed. We have the benefit of Scripture, and if you want to get to know Jesus, beyond just being saved, you need to spend time with Him. Number four, for endurance amid trials. For endurance amid trial. I asked this person before, I say her name, was it okay to talk about it? And she said it was fine. Elaine Waters has been a testimony of Jesus Christ. Not just in this last month, but we're talking about several years. We're talking about a trial. I mean, in a lot of ways, Quincy was the heartbeat of this ministry. He really was. Such a special person. And that Sunday after, we had a celebration service for him. I had already kind of said, okay, we may need you to do this in the children's church and we may, uh, children's wing, and we may need somebody to come take this spot because I'll admit, I wasn't anticipating her being here that Sunday and nobody would have said a word if she didn't come, right? She was exhaustion, a lot of things going on, so tired leading up to, the, to, to his passing. Well, at about five minutes till nine, there comes Elaine in. And you would have never known she had went through the previous week what she had went through. She was smiling, laughing, just having a good time, talking to people, doing her role that she loves to do. You talk about getting it. Man, she's got it. And if you happen not, if you're, say, one of the newer members of the Grace View family, okay, maybe in the last year or two, and you've heard this name mentioned a little bit, you need to get to know that lady. She's awesome. But why is she awesome? Because it's all about Jesus. On Monday, she usually helps in the office. And that morning, she, she didn't come. They had, she had some other stuff going on. And I thought, well, probably we'll have to have someone else help because she's not going to be able to do that. She's still dealing with a lot. Nope. Monday afternoon, she was there. Talking about a testimony of Christ, she doesn't have to preach the gospel. She's living it. Hmm. For in, number five, for endurance amid persecution, even to the point of death. Now, thank the Lord, at this moment in America, we have more freedom 
I mean, up there, just li- preaching the gospel, living the gospel in Kentucky, not a d- big deal. We can do it every day here. But I do believe sometime in the near future, this is coming for us. At some point, we're going to have to li- live this part out. And keep in mind, even though we may not have experienced it exactly like maybe a New Testament, God's given us everything that we need. Finally today, number three. See, I told you I was going to move fast. Number three. In Christ, we are connected to a power source that will never fail. Sealed by His glory and goodness. It's never going to fail. You know that iPhone cord that after like a year or two you put it in, it bloop, bloop, it doesn't work anymore. Chuck it, have to get another one, right? Never fails. There were times in our hotel, and listen, it, it, was, it wasn't really that bad, honestly. But there were times in the middle of the night that I thought, it was hot. I was like, they must turn the power off to save power, you know? <laughs> no, I just require a lot of air conditioning. <laughs> uh, maybe there's a power failure here. It's just not working right. No. Several um, early mornings ago, a couple of weeks ago, about 1, 2 o'clock, just going to lay in there in bed and not really knowing why I was awake. And I'd kind of been going through some of this where I felt like my prayer life and my time with the Lord, I mean, it was, what, I mean, it was on point when he could do that, and I, I fucking needed it. But I kind of felt like, Lord, where, where are you at? Another season of when he's asking me to trust him and not depend on what I'm doing. So at about 2 a.m., I get out of bed, wide awake, go in my spot, and I just begin to pour out to him. I say, Lord, I know you're awake, and I'm thankful you're awake. Lord, this doesn't feel right. And I went through like a litany of different things, ministry, family, the Word of God. And, you know, even in those early morning hours, there's never a time we can't go to God, that he's not full power on, man, that he's not ready for us. And that was encouraging because I don't know that I came out of that necessarily feeling like everything's right now, we're ready to go. No, but if I learned anything, he's there wanting to talk to me, wanting to be with me. In Christ, we're connected to a power source that will will never fail. We have not been called to a task and denied the power to carry it through. God's demands are always accompanied by what it takes to complete the job. Let's go back to verse 3 just for a moment. His divine power is granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. That was point one. Point two, through the knowledge of him. Point three, who called us to his own glory and excellence. See, in the end of all this, God chose this, right? In God's schedule, he knew that we would be up there in Kentucky last week. He knew that y'all would be praying. In fact, for some of us, if it wasn't for different family members, and I'm sure, and I, found, I know this was the case with others, that had to kind of keep things going down here so that we could be able to go up there and not have to worry about those things, God had that worked out. Because long before any of us were on the scene, man, he knew that a little kid by the name of James was going to accept Christ. James was my buddy, okay? On uh, Monday, James comes in, and you saw it a little bit. James has no hair here, I can relate, and a little hair right there. And he told me, he says, my dad uses a six-blade razor to shave my head. I said, dude, I use one of those every morning. That's awesome. I said, you just have more hair than I have. 
right? In, in a few moments, it was evident. Please love me. I just need to be loved a little bit. Now, he didn't say those words, but that's what he was saying. He just wanted somebody to love him. God knew James was going to be there. He knew that James was going to be on the mountain when Mike and Tracy and Walt and some other guys were just going to happen to be at his home working. Now, how did that happen? That's a coincidence. No, it's not. It was right on God's time. God ordained that. He knew that the family was going to be ministered to completely. That's awesome. And then he knew Thursday that he was going to call little James and call a lot of other teenagers to come know him in a personal way. Man, all that was his plan. And we got to be participants. We got to be used. I'll tell you, part of the reason we show these videos is because we want other people to go next year. We want to have even a bigger group next year. Because I found it's not necessarily all the result, even though there were some amazing, only God results that could happen last week. It's about growing together, being with each other, learning each other. And that was also part of God's plan. The glory and moral perfection of Christ are said to draw a man away from his sin and toward a life of holiness. That is this who called us to his own glory and excellence. That means living a life for Jesus Christ. The others that you'll be exposed to, their sin will be revealed. Now, it may take a while. But God may have them in his plan. He may have chosen them. Final verse tonight, this morning. James, uh, John 1, 14. Kind of step back now, and as I'm thinking just about the whole picture of what his divine power granted to us, the things that pertain to life and godliness, when I think about that whole picture, to me, this puts it into words, John 1, 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as, the only, as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth, full. Now, I don't know about you, in your life last week, we got to experience a lot of grace and truth. You see, the glory of God in Jesus Christ, you've experienced everything you need to truly power up. In fact, you are powered up. So I pray that this week as you go out, you've seen stories that maybe in your part of Anderson where they've heard about Jesus multiple times, but they're getting to see Jesus in front of them, lived out before them. I pray that you'll make an impact where you're at. I pray in your moments of busyness that you'll spend time with him. In trials, tribulations, that you'll understand he's in control and he's working all this for his good and your good. Thank you so much for what y'all did this week, here and there. It was truly an honor and a privilege. And I'll admit, I'm already excited about what next year brings. Pastor. All right, I'm going to close us here just for a moment. I just want to say again, those of you that gave up your week last week, uh, again, this was some folks got off work, and this was a week of their vacation, and they gave it to serve others, and that just means a lot. Those of you who gave financially, you helped make it possible. Those of you who prayed, 
That is not a little thing. That is an enormous thing. Uh, but particularly several folks, and, and I'm going to probably miss some, but God used certain ones to plan and lead. And, and obviously it was uh, Ray and Johnny, and that had to do with construction, but just VBS and just a lot of logistical things. Uh, Mike uh, Sturgill for a long time, uh, making trips to buy shoes. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm safe in saying that $130 shoes getting them at $40. Is that accurate? That happens sometimes, $40, $45. Um, and then him and Christy getting together and just really planning, and that was just running like a well-oiled machine. Kristen, you saw her passion this morning for VBS and ladies and other folks that helped her. Uh, Renee here in the office, but uh, to God be the glory. But everybody that was on that trip knows, humanly speaking, uh, the one that was leading our group. And uh, that, was, that was this guy that you just heard. So, man, we, we love you, Brandon. And uh, he just did an awesome job. All of you that led, just tremendous. Would you stand? Amen. Would you stand this morning? To God be the glory, let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you that we can already anticipate what you're going to do. Thank you, Lord, for what you have done, what you're doing in our midst. Lord, it is our privilege to serve with you, to be called by your name. And Lord, I pray that you would spark something within us. Lord, as we just heard that you have given us everything that we need to serve you. You've given us everything. Lord, someone here this morning is battling with a sin. They know it is sin. They want to have victory, but they don't feel they can and they feel defeated. And Lord, I pray that they would just go home and chew on this verse that Brandon has put before us, that they have everything. And Lord, we do think of those that were written to in Second Peter that did not have a copy of the New Testament, and yet they had everything they needed to have victory and to serve and to endure difficulty and trial, and Lord, to serve. And so Lord, we, we pray that we would take that to heart as well this morning. And so Lord, we just commit this congregation to you. Thank you in the various ways they were used in the last few weeks and months and, Lord, uh, we pray for our, our, our family there in Kentucky. Lord, I pray for a special blessing on Brother Hilton and Miss Barb. Lord, I pray for a special blessing, Father, on Brother Bruce and Miss Kathy and, Lord, their ministry. And, uh, Lord, we thank you that we get to partner with them. Let grace of you go forth today in the power of your Holy Spirit and for the cause of Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. Thank you for coming.